whatever has been going on this week. Um, this week. One of the things that the devotees seem quite uh, enthusiastic about, and uh, I am as well, is uh, coming out with audio editions of my books. So we've been talking about that here and doing some research. And uh, Still, um, still looking into that to find the right uh, voice and uh, and so forth. But uh, I do think that would be a nice uh, addition. Oh, for sure. So we do have that uh, planned. Just a question of finding the right uh, right person. I've got a couple of people we're talking to. Um, so we'll see how that goes. It's a little tricky because uh, they have to have the right voice. They have to have the ability to pronounce the Bengali and Sanskrit words or verses or phrases that are cited and so on. So it, uh, yeah. it limits the pool from which to draw, but um, enthusiastic about that. I think it'll be be good for all the devotees. So working on that and um, other aspects of publishing. I think we've printed uh, now, uh, we, or we finished, and it's at the printers, the um, Shikshastakam, my Shikshastakam commentary, um, Oh My Friend, and um, I did a little joy of, joy, of, joy of self in Spanish. So that's a big um, development we're excited about. So yeah, those are some of the things on my mind. So why don't we go ahead and take the questions? Adas, you're on. You have to unmute yourself. Thank you. <clears throat> so, um, um, I was like, I'm making a list of questions, and, and this uh, question is quite uh, old, but uh, anyway, I would like to ask you. So, I was listening uh, on uh, uh, Prabhupada's lectures, and uh, this is... Uh, uh, from lecture on the on the first canto one one point one point two, <clears throat> and uh, in that lecture he's saying, uh, mm, if you lose your individuality, uh, then you can get eternity, but you cannot get blissful life of knowledge, because you lose your individuality. So that is suicidal. But uh, a living entity, being individual soul, he cannot remain in that impersonal state of life because the other two factors, namely acquire knowledge and acquire blissful life, is wanting there. It is simply negation of these material varieties or eternity only sat. 
but there are two other parts, Chit and Ananda. That is absent there. So because it is not fully realized, therefore such living entities who take Sayuja Mukti, they again fall down in due course of time. So I have heard many times you saying that uh, Mukti, like Sayuja Mukti, as I understand, uh, uh, merging into the Bra Brahman is like Mukti is eternal. Mm -hmm. But here is like contradictory, contradiction. And uh, I would like you to tell what Prabhupada meant by saying that, because it's like, it's totally different. Well, it's not totally different, uh, but there is a difference. And I think that uh, oftentimes Prabhupada uh, paints uh, with a little bit of a broad, broad brush. Uh, sometimes I've described it as uh, not always dotting his I's or crossing his T's. Um, and given the uh, nature of his campaign, it was so broad and uh, had him traveling around the world and so on and so forth. Um, and then to write books at, at the same time and to write them with a uh, broad focus on bringing people to God consciousness, to Krishna consciousness, to um, uh, that, that was basically his, 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 his broader focus. Not that the depth of the teaching and the possibilities of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation are not also enunciated in his books. The focus was more on, on a broader um, approach, more inclusive. Um, and therefore, he would encourage people to even chant other names, Jesus or whatever, just to give you a cite an, an example of, of the, uh, the breadth of his campaign. And so one aspect of that was, and he even described himself as such in the Pranam mantra that he wrote for himself for us to chant. Um, he described himself as uh, kind of the enemy of uh, what he referred to as impersonalism or the, uh, the Mayavad uh, philosophy, um, which <clears throat> does not acknowledge the eternal um, form of the Godhead and the possibility of a transcendental relationship with God and so forth. Um, so, he uh, took every opportunity to rail against that idea. He even created opportunities in some of the uh, reports of texts that didn't necessarily, um, uh, the text, the, the verse itself didn't really necessarily address that. So it was a very prominent uh, feature of his, of his campaign. And his explanation of Mayavad philosophy, again, which you refer to as impersonalism, is also rather, rather broad and um, basic. That's not the fault, his explanation, but it was broad and basic. You're not God, Mayavad say you are God, um, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and so, um, uh, 
if you look carefully and see the verse that he would most often cite to support the point that he's raising in the purport that you read is a verse from the, um, I believe it's from the second, camp, second chapter of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam. Um, you're reading from the first, first canto, right? Yeah. Uh, there, the, uh, I believe it's the demigods are praying. Uh, Devaki has uh, uh, Krishna within the womb. And um, the prayer, um, and it's cited by other Bodhi Acharyas as well. Ariya Krishna Param Padam Tata Patanti Adho Nandatiyushmarangraya. He says, Abhishuddha Buddha, Vimukta Manina. They, there are those who think they are limited, liberated, Vimukta Manina, but their intelligence, Abhishuddha Buddha, is not pure. And um, because they um, are neglectful of or resentful of or offensive to bhakti, mm -hmm. um, despite attaining mukti, they fall down. Mm -hmm. That's what the verse says. But if you study how the verse, for example, is used in the core texts, for example, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, it's cited a couple of times and it says the same thing. But in the Bengali of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, which is reiterating the Sanskrit verse, he uses the word or the term Jivan Mukta. So this is a very popular idea amongst Gyanis to attain the status of a Jivan Mukta. That means liberated in this life. Their karma has, the idea is that karma has not yet expired, but they are not plugged in to any further karma. All aparabdha karma has been destroyed by their jnana. Only the parabdha karma remains, which jnana does not have the power to do away with like bhakti does. So they're waiting for that parabdha karma to expire, which occurs at death at which time they attain what sometimes referred to as videha mukti, sayuja mukti, complete mukti. But the stage of jivan mukta is like the penultimate state, just, just before the final state, but it's also considered mukti. But there's a possibility of falling from that stage, is the point which is what the verse makes, uh, the point the verse makes. And um, that's with neglect for bhakti or offense to bhakti. Um, because without bhakti, you can't, any bhakti, you can't attain sayuja mukti either. Hmm? So uh, if we look really with a really fine focus at the concept, we find that, that this is really uh, more of a reference to the idea the jivan muktas can fall down hmm, um, from their status um, uh, because of their neglect of as they or their offense to bhakti. However, the, 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 the videya mukta, who actually enters into Brahman, hmm, um, 
two points here. One point is there is no entrance into Brahman in the way in which the Mayabad philosophy uh, posits. Hmm? Because the Mayabad philosophy says there is no jiva, ultimately, there is no atma, there's only Brahman. Hmm? Um, and so there's an absolute oneness with, uh, with Brahman that they advocate. But because the jiva, from the Gaudi perspective, is real, it's the Tasta Shakti, a unit of the Tasta Shakti. It can't become Brahman in all respects, hmm? in an absolute sense. It can enter into what we call Sayuja Mukti and be unaware of an individual status being absorbed in Brahman, but still has its individual status. Hmm? That still exists. But for all intents and purposes, he's not experiencing it. He's experiencing Brahman. So the Mayavad idea, you're going to fall from it for sure. <laughs> because it, it, what, it, what, it, what, it, what it actually speaks about attaining is not attainable to begin with. Um, so, uh, but you can attain Sayujamukti. That is a form of mukti. It's mentioned in the Bhagas and one of the five kinds of mukti, and and, uh, and 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 that is with the help of bhakti, the jnani, can whose ideal is sayuja mukti, can enter into Brahman and be, for as I say, as I say for all intents and purposes, unaware of its individuality, absorbed in Brahman. But it's true he cannot fall from there. So the language of Prabhupada says that he could. Hmm? But if you look carefully at the verse he's citing and so on and so forth, uh, typically to support that idea, it refers to the status of the Jivan Mukta. Hmm? So I would call that kind of crossing the T's and dotting the I's or um, bringing to the fore hundreds of years of Siddhanta prior to um, to Prabhupada's writing his commentary and how that uh, verse and that concept is understood. Hmm. So that's why there's someone like me. Hmm. That's what's called Guru Parampara. So I consider my service something like that. Crossing the T's, dotting the I's. Hmm. The thrust of Prabhupada's uh, writing in this regard is useful, is valuable. This is a detail. What is he trying to say? Forget about this Mayavad. It's not, it's not viable. Hmm? This idea, this pursuit of Mukti is, is not viable. You cannot attain by that in a lasting uh, state and certainly no rasa. Hmm? These are all true. Hmm? That's the thrust. If people will get that thrust, they'll reject the Mayavad. Then they can go on. Now, there are some details about that that I've explained. Hmm? So, does that help? Yes, thank you very much. Okay. Srila Prabhupada Kijai. So, Sharada has a question, but she 
put it in the chat. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it out of the chat? Let's see if I find here. Okay, she says, when I asked my question above, I didn't say- I know, she, you have to go up a little bit. Oh. My question is- I don't see that. That's not showing up on my screen. Okay, so my question is, I heard recently from a neighbor who has Gornitide deities that if you have these deities, that they are more merciful and forgiving of any imperfections in daily worship <clears throat> compared to having Radhakrishna deities. I didn't ask her why and thought it could be due to Lord Nityananda's compassion. Do you have any comments in this regard? And then below she says that she didn't offer you her, she, so she's just offering you her greetings and dungeons. Worship of the deities of Gaur Nityananda um, was started by Goridas Pandit under the um, direction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. Hmm? Goridas Pandit is one of the Dwarasa Gopals, the 12 eternal uh, cowherd associates of Krishna Balaram in Braj, and Goridas Pandit is his, his Gorlila um, identity. Hmm? So he's very close to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu. And at, at one point in Gorlila, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told him to get some neem uh, wood, carved deities of himself and Nityananda Prabhu and establish them. Uh, on his altar and worship them. Those deeds are still there in, in Kalna, in West Bengal. Um, and there are many nice stories about Goridas's uh, worship, relationship with the deities, um, so on and so forth. But with regard to your question, I bring this up because Goridas Pandit was very absorbed in worshiping his deities and he liked to prepare very nice meals and acquire valuables to ornament the deities um, and so forth. And in, in doing so, he was uh, apparently qu uh, quite busy hmm? and exerting quite a bit of effort. And the deities at one point either spoke to him or came to him in a dream, I forget, and told him that they were, they were troubled hmm, by seeing the, all the effort that he was making physically. Hmm. And so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, for a worship of us, of us, you simply have to offer flowers hmm, instead of valuable jewels and, and so on and so forth. And, and some simple vegetable offering something like that. So I bring it up because here are the original deities of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and an instruction from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself to the original Pujari, if you will, um, of these forms of, 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 of the Godhead of Krishna and Balaram and, uh, and how they uh, felt about uh, accepting worship from their devotees. I'm not saying that, uh, that any um, more 
developed standards now should be abandoned or something like that, but, but they're very uh, generous, very magnanimous, uh, very forgiving. The forgiving nature of Nityananda Prabhu is quite extraordinary and brought out in the Jagai Madai Leela where they stoned him hmm? and still he forgave them and um, ultimately um, secured Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's blessings uh, for them. So uh, while uh, Gaur Nityananda are Krishna and Balaram, they're in a leela that this, their sweetness is imbued with, with audaria or magnanimity and the sharing of that. So uh, in that sense, they're thought to be easier to approach, hmm? uh, more difficult to offend. I mean, Vrindavan is a private island, Svetadweep, the private island of Krishna. How can you even go there? Hmm? But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was opened the gates, so to speak, and brought the vehicle from there to take us back, and that being Nams and Kirtan. Hmm. So he's Krishna, but imbued with magnanimity, and, and therefore Rupa Goswami described him as such when he said, Namo Mahabhadanaya, Krishna Prema Pradayate, Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gaurati Shainamaha. His Namo uh, Mahabhadanaya. His, uh, his, um, his quality is that he's uh, Mahabharanaya, the most magnanimous. The more Mahabharanaya, Krishna Prema Pradaya. His leela is that he, he, he gives Krishna Prema. Hmm? Krishnaya Krishna uh, Chaitanya. His, his, his name is, is Krishna Chaitanya. Hmm? Uh, so he describes his gunas, his qualities, his leela, his name, um, as such in, in this verse, underscoring here, relative to your question, the magnanimity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. So in this way, uh, he's, he's easier to approach than to directly approach Radha and Krishna. How will you even get there? Hmm. Um, so... Therefore, it's thought if you get a recommendation from Navadvip, from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then you can enter the, the gates of Goloka very, very easily. Hmm. Um, take another example of the worship of Radha. That's a very exalted affair. Prabodhananda Saraswati writes that the more one worships Gore, the more one comes, which is easy to do. Mm, over flowers, chant Hare Krishna, um, easy to do, then, uh, then the closer one comes to Radha. Of course, I should, when it comes to mind, Krishna says in the Gita, it's easy to worship him also, right? Patram pushpam palam toyam yome bhakti prayachti. But this is, this truth about him and the simplicity of the worship that he will also accept is played out that much more in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by whom we know, through whom we know about, uh, through this form of himself in his acharya, we know about Radha Krishna um, in ways that we would not otherwise. So the magnanimity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. Um, and um, then we see from the Leela that while 
in Krishna Lila, Krishna's killing demons, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was converting them. Hmm? So these are some ways to think about the, the difference between the worship of Radha and Krishna and the worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Nityananda Prabhupada, um, who was opened many temples for Radha and Krishna and, and Gornatai. He um, um, often emphasized this, a, a, a simpler standard of worship for Gornatai. In fact, on one time, one time he said, you should get little deities of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityanandabhu, and, and give them to people and tell them, uh, take this incense, wave it at these deities and chant this maha mantra and all your desires will be fulfilled. <laughs> so he wouldn't have done that with deities of Radha and Krishna. Hmm? So I hope that uh, that helps. Thank you, Hare Krishna. That's very beautiful, thanks. Um, Kishore? See if he has good internet. He didn't know if his internet was good. Libo Jai Guru Maharaj. Jai Jai. Jai. So. And hmm, I'll try it without video. It seems that it's getting yeah. a little choppy, but I'm reading the chapter where Balaram goes to Vrindavan and uh, the first verse mentions that he's very eager to visit his well-wishing friends. And Vishwanath also uh, shares a verse that says, let us repeatedly glorify Balaram, although he is the original form of eternal bliss, Nityananda due to the pangs of love and separation from the residents of Vraj, he went to see them, even at the cost of leaving Krishna. And so I guess I'm just wondering what the relationship is between Balaram's uh, reciprocating with his own devotees and also the uh, even Unfortunately, that we can't. Uh, we broke up there. We couldn't really hear your question. You're asking the difference between, or something between, Balaram's relationship with his own devotees, and that's about as far as I heard. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, um, it's mentioned that he's very eager to go to see his uh, well-wishing friends. Mm -hmm. And um, Vishwanath also mentions a verse that due to the separation from the residents of Vraj, he went to see them even at the cost of leaving Krishna. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering what the relationship is between that, like him reciprocating with his devotees and also his desire to go to Vrindavan to appease Krishna's devotees and perform Tidya Seva. 
Well, uh, I would suggest to you that you um, read the, maybe, maybe the last chapter of the first canto of Priyad Bhagavatamrita. Hmm? I think that might, you might find some more insight there. Um, Balaram, I believe, is depicted as, as being a little frustrated with Krishna hmm? uh, for neglecting the inhabitants of, of Braj and uh, not returning to visit them. So uh, that's a little bit of the, of, of, of the background. Hmm? Um, and um, I think that his uh, eagerness to go to Braj, both in terms of meeting his devotees and representing Krishna uh, to the devotees, is also a way of emphasizing the fact that, as I've often said, and this is the teaching, that Krishna is actually more present in Vrindavan in his physical absence than he is present in Dwarka in his physical presence. Because Krishna's, Krishna corresponds with the hearts of his devotees. So the the measure of love in Vrindavan is more intense than we will find in Dwarka. So even though invisible, he's more present there based on the measure of the love that we find there. So in a sense, uh, you know, Balaram going to Vrindavan is, is not leaving Krishna. He's leaving, him in, he's leaving him in Dwarka, but he's going to Vrindavan where the love for him is, is, is what's being highlighted in the Bhagavatam. This is an instance of how the Dwarka Leela, if you look at it carefully, as I've often said, is actually highlighting and, and uh, casting the focus of the text on the Vrindavan, the inhabitants there, their love as the ideal. Hmm? Um, so, uh, uh, that's one thing. He's going to Vrindavan, and you, arguably you could say he's, he's coming closer to Krishna. Hmm? Um, he, he, of course, there he, there he is in his Chatri address, and the text of the Bhagavatam, I believe the text says, or if not the commentaries, and Krishna even advised him when you get close, you know, change your clothes, put on rustic clothes, you know, of, of, of a cowherd, and uh, take off the royal garments of a prince and, and so forth. So there's this Mool uh, Sankarshan of Dwarka merging back into um, um, Balaram himself and appearing in Vrindavan. So, um, so there he is, and Krishna's more present there. Uh, and, and, and yes, he, he has um, he has some devotees who whose relationship is predominantly with him rather than with Krishna. And in that regard, I think we would 
um, highlight the um, the young ladies who became attracted to, to him during the holy festival uh, that occurred earlier on in his life in Braj. Uh, Krishna suggested to him when you return, to, you should marry those girls. So uh, he did so ultimately during that visit hmm, uh, at the request of Krishna, as I say, later also at the request of Radha and with the blessing of, of Nanda Maharaj. Um, this is explained by Jiva Goswami and uh, Gopal Champu. So there's an example of devotees who have more of a relationship with Balaram than they do with Krishna. So that side of him is there, but it's not the side that we, we emphasize in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. We emphasize his devotion to, um, to Krishna, his fraternal love for Krishna himself, and his uh, position as the co-object of love along with Krishna for those in Sakirasa. Um, so those are a few words I don't know if I really addressed your, your question, but I hope, hope that helps. Thank you very much. Kanaram, unmute yourself. Good morning, Guru Maharaj. Morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I was reading the Chaitanya Charitamrita the other day in the Madhyalila about uh, Lord Chaitanya's travel in Vrindavan. And when he goes to Govardhan Hill, um, out of reverence for the hill, he didn't want to walk on it. And so he stayed in a village called Ganthuli Gram, if I'm pronouncing that closely. And, um, and the deity came down to see him. Um, I guess I sort of have two questions. Should I, should I think that the Gopal deity was like walking like the, um, like in the Shakshi Gopal story? Or should it be like, should I understand that the, the deity came to, to stay with uh, that, the devotee that lived there? Um, uh, the second part of my question is um, Prabhupada says in the purport that according to hearsay uh, that this Ganthuli Gram is where Radha and Krishna met um, but we hear about the meeting uh, at Varshana when they're both so small so can you can you explain how to think about those things yeah First of all, with regard to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, visiting Vrindavan and desiring to have the darshan of the deity, but being unwilling to walk on the hill, it's uh, described that um, the deity wanted to give the darshan to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but respected his, his attitude towards Govardhan Hill, which was reverential, and therefore he would not walk on it. So the deity arranged uh, for the... Um, moguls some party of them to to attack which they were prone to do um, and in a dream asked the pujari to move him hmm, to the the, the town that um, Gantuli Gram that you re referred to so 
I, I think it, by the time Chaitanya Mahaprabhu woke up, the news was that the deity was, was, had been had moved. We say the deity moved because the deity arranged it, but the Pujaris carried him down there and put, secretly in the night and put him in that temple. And word was given to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so that he could uh, have the darshan. So that answers the first part of your question. And the second part, um, or the second question with regard to the meeting of Radha and Krishna, well, there are many first meetings of Radha and Krishna hmm, described by the poets. Hmm. Um, and one of the features, and it's an, it's an overriding feature in, uh, in, uh, in Gopi Bhav and um, also in um, Narmasaka Bhav of the Gopas is Anurag. Anurag is uh, described as having the experience of, for example, meeting Krishna for the first time, even though you've met him hmm, at other times. Hmm. It's like you've never met him. And, and it's not only, it's only, hey, it seems like I always, I've met him for the first time, although it's not. No, the, although it's not, is not part of the equation in the experience of the devotees. So there are reoccurring events, first meetings of Radha and Krishna here, there, and in other places mm. by poets. And they're all, they're all, they're all correct. That's the one way of, of, of thinking about it. And of course, in their poems, verses and so forth, they're, they're, they're describing a, you know, a certain feeling, which is what we're, to draw from that, hmm? the details are, are really that in which the feeling is couched hmm? and the feeling the bhavas is, 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 is what is meant to be conveyed. And, and, and so if you can attain that bhava, then you can write your own poetry and see it in a particular way and it will be real and happening. Hmm? Um, so in that sense, the, you know, the details, they met here, they met there, they went there, they went, are a little bit secondary. The devotees tend sometimes to make them primary and make a kind of a linear, this, how can this be if this was over here and this over here and, and so on and so forth. But, but these descriptions of the Leela are just ways of trying to put into words the bhava, which transcends the, 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 the limit of language and thought and so forth. So there, you're going to find uh, things like that in the Leela that don't quite match up. I remember one fellow asked Prabhupada, in the Krishna book, he said there's 900,000 cows none of the marsh had, but I did the calculation in the area of Vrindavan, 900,000 cows wouldn't fit. Hmm. And Prabhupada said, oh, you read too much. That was his answer. <laughs> Uh, I was walking with Prabhupada once in Vrindavan and uh, one of the devotees said to him that Prabhupada, uh, when we do the Vrindavan parakram to Barsana or to Radhakun or to Govardhan, it's quite some distance and we take a bus and it's an all day you know, kind of a fair and a picnic and come back and so forth. Um, but we read in the Krishna book that Krishna goes to Govardhan at night, comes back or goes to Radhakund in the day, whatever may be the case. 
long distances uh, and they're not taking buses and so forth. So Prabhupada held out his hand. He said that Vrindavan is like a lotus and fingers are the petals. Hmm? And all these places, Barsana, Radhakund, Govardhan, Vrindavan, Gokul, Mahavan are the little, are petals on the lotus. And whenever Krishna wants to go from Vrindavan to, to, to Govardhan, the lotus closes up like this. Hmm? Then it just jumps to the next place. Then it opens again. So, you know, from the, you can understand from the explanation what he's saying, what I'm saying in a, in a poetic, in a beautiful way with a nice example that satisfied all the devotees at the moment, how well they, how much they thought about it and, and the, the implications of it and so forth, which are what I'm explaining, that the details of the Leela are only uh, secondary in that they're imperfect ways of expressing bhava, hmm? imperfect, not because the devotees are imperfect to express it, but the medium for expressing it in thought and word is imperfect and limited, you can't do justice to it. So there are many first meetings of Radha and Krishna. Hmm? Does that help? Yes, there's, uh, there's even a verse like that. I believe in that chapter, Krishna Das says something similar. He says that the, all these pastimes, you know, Ananta Shesha attempts to describe them, but uh-huh. like I'm only, I'm only pointing in the direction or something to that effect. Very nice. Well, thank you for explaining about the, the Bhava, trying to see the Bhava in it. Trying to feel it, yeah. Okay, so I, I see there's a question here from Ananta Govinda. He asks about... Um, chanting the holy names, and he says he, he seems to like the names of Krishna and Rama, but it's harder for him to focus on the name of Hare. And um, what's the source and proper understanding of this name? How to understand and go deeper in our japa and not skip her blessings. So Ananta Govinda is, is asking um, about the Maha Mantra and the fact that sometimes the name Hare in the Maha Mantra is uh, thought to uh, represent Hara in the vocative form, and as such, uh, constitute a reference to Shakti and ultimately uh, Radharani rather than to Krishna. So that is a um, a way in which uh, some devotees have uh, conceived of the name Hare in the Mahamantra. I think that uh, one of the Goswamis, at least maybe Jiva Goswami, maybe Raghunathas, I forget, uh, writes like that um, in his uh, one of his explanations of the Mahamantra. But the name also is uh, a the vocative form of, of Hari. So the more common understanding is that in the Mahamantra you have three names of Krishna, Krishna, Rama, and, and Hari. Hmm? Um, so I would uh, uh, suggest, given your, your question, not, not that you not try to force anything, 
but that you um, uh, uh, it would be it, it, will, it will not be a problem for your progress or in terms of receiving the blessings of of Radha, which you, you seek to do if you chant the Maha Mantra with the idea that Hare, Hare means Hari. Hmm. Um, after all, if you were trying to make yourself dear to Krishna, um, that is uh, something that uh, Radha will be pleased with. Um, you're a Gaudiya Vaishnav, um, and we Gaudiya Vaishnavas know. Well, of course, we know that the way to Krishna's heart is 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 through Radha, um, but um, um, there's no need to force a in particular understanding. Um, if you uh, prefer, as I'm explaining, you can think of the name of, of Hare as referring to Hari, um, in the same way that you do think of the names Krishna and Rama to refer to Krishna. And there's different ways to think of the name Rama also. You can think of Krishna or, or Balaram as Prabhupada um, uh, explains. Um, in his books, uh, I believe in the Chaitanya Charitamrita commentary. Um, um, but if you, but I think if you if you chant the Maha Mantra, and instead of think, as I say, instead of thinking the name Hare uh, referring to Radha, which is a little obscure. I mean, it is a Gaudiya concept. Um, but um, but nonetheless, you think of it as Krishna, name for Krishna, but still you, if you want to have the blessings of Radharani, hmm, if that is your uh, wise decision, hmm, um, then uh, you're not precluded from doing so by thinking of the name um, Hare in the mantra as uh, in reference to Hari. Hmm. So, um, Thinking, conceiving of the name of Hare as referring to Radha is not a requirement hmm, in order to receive her, her blessings. If you want to receive her blessings, then certainly you can. Um, and, you know, how that is conceived of on your part depends on your, your affinity. If you have affinity for Sakyaras, then you think about it in a particular way. If an affinity for Madhurya Rasa, then you think about it in, in, a, in a slightly uh, different way. The intimate associates, friends of Krishna, are also servants of, of Radha and, and the gopis. Um, um, and as I say, they know that the way that to Krishna's heart in the fullest sense is goes, goes through Radha. So if you have that in mind, um, conceptually, and that is your ideal, um, then you will attain that. Even if you think of the name of, uh, I mean, how to, I'll give you an example. Radharani chants the Maha Mantra. So how does she interpret the name Hare? She doesn't think it refers to herself. Hmm. She chants the Maha Mantra and all the names are names for Krishna. Hmm. So she likes that mantra. She likes to hear that. 
you're chanting that mantra. Uh, and you want to please Radharani by singing the names of Krishna. Well, you're going to be successful <laughs> in doing that. That's how she thinks of the mantra. So you can think that Radharani likes to hear the mantra like this. She chants the mantra like this. So I will chant the mantra like this for her in her ear for her pleasure. No harm. So those are some thoughts uh, on the matter. Does that help? Any further comment from yourself? Hare Krishna. Yes, thank you. This is very helpful. Okay, good. Nice to see you. Thank you, Maharaj. Good to see you. Are you still there here in Northern California? Yeah, well, Northern California in Marin. Right. Same, same place, huh? Uh, yes, San Anselmo. Right. Okay. I work on a unit in Marin now, Novato, as a, a digital marketer. I would like to invite you sometime soon. Okay. Hare Krishna. To come and speak. Hare Krishna. Thank you. So, anything else? You have another question. Um, Rigu Pati has a question. Hare Krishna, Dandavat Guru Maharaj. I have a question and a suggestion. Uh, the suggestion is is about the audiobooks that we heard about, mm. and I'm sure we're all looking forward very much to, to getting audiobooks of, of your texts. Uh, I think I know the perfect person to read them. <laughs> oh, and that would be you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that would be, that would make uh, them ten times more enjoyable for all of us. Okay. But the the question uh, is uh, actually connected with what you said about about Prabhupada saying you read too much. Rupa Goswami he warns us uh, against uh, reading too many books partially. So what would be, in your opinion, the really the core scriptures that uh, we as Gaudiya Vaishnava practitioners should properly study? Mm-hmm. I think that the uh, the core texts are Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Hmm? Um, and Brihat Bhagavatamrita. Hmm? Um, and Chaitanya Charitamrita. And then um, the Bhagavatam, of course, that they're all kind of like this, which is like the moon that the stars of these other books are, are orbiting around. Um, and with regard to the Bhagavatam, uh, the commentaries that uh, as, as many as you can, you can, you can um, find in your language. That's quite a bit in, in itself. Um, there are other smaller books uh, Vishwana Chakravitagur seemed to want to make an effort to make some of these larger texts more accessible through, for example, Bhaktivasamrita Sindhu Bindu, uh, the drop Bindu from the ocean of Bhakti Rasa is a, a Maduri Kadambani, which takes a verse for two verses from Bhaktivasamrita Sindhu and makes a book out of those and emphasizes the path. That's a very nice 
nice book. And, um, um, but as far as like core texts, um, you know, Vishnu's work there would be, would be secondary. Um, whereas, whereas Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, as I'm referring to, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Brihad uh, Bhagavatam, these are like the core original founding books from the founding uh, charges. And then, of course, as devotees progress and through such books, then there are different Lila Grantas and so forth that, that, that will be more relevant to them, but that will come come naturally. Um, uh, and then, um, of course, my books are an effort to try to bring out what's in those core books in, in a similar way that Vishwana Chakrati Thakur uh, did. Um, but um, I do, my mind is uh, pen on a little bit on Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And I, I had thought, as some of you know, of writing, just to go on a bit here, uh, a book um, I probably will at some point that involves a chapter, summary chapter of each chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, so an 18 chapter book. But I started thinking, and I talked about doing that with the Bhagavatam also for each canto in one of our other talks. That would be useful. And essay on each canto, so 12, 12 essays. Uh, you know, going through that, picking out the, the core verses and so forth. But I started, started thinking about doing the same thing with Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. I had this idea of doing a book called Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu Sar, the essence of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And just taking the verses of Rupa Goswami without the supporting verses that he gives to, to uh, support his points that he makes in his own original verses. And uh, just doing the, his verses and then writing a commentary in which maybe some of those verses are incorporated in the commentary, which make it maybe a little easier to read through. But the more I thought about it, I, I thought it might be better even to write an essay on each each chapter of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and really, you know, go through it and explain it. Um, and, um, you know, what's essential in it. Hmm? Because not all of it is essential, but given that he's written it for with a particular audience of the, at the time, primarily in mind, although for all times, still in consideration of the, the audience at the time. And so some of the points made uh, would resonate more with people in that culture in that time than they would in our time. So I would look at it like that. But anyway, I'm getting a little away from your, your question. So those are some thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Thank you. As far as me right, reading, I'm not that good of a reader. I, 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 I'd be quite an effort. Although some of the devotees here, well, all of them have encouraged me to also read at least some of the books. So we'll see. We're working on the idea. All right, nice to speak with you all. Hope to be with you again next week. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for your questions. You both. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Everybody have a great week and hopefully we'll see you all next Sunday.
Thank you. Haribo. Haribo. Mm -hmm. <laughs>